today's New Testament reading will be from James 4, 13 to 5, 6. Now listen you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why do you not, <coughs> sorry, why do you not, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. Now listen, you rich people, weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you have failed to pay the workers who have mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the days of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who was not opposing you. Today's second Bible reading comes from Proverbs chapter 12, verses 14 to 24. From the fruit of their lips, people are filled with good things, and the work of their hands brings them reward. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Fools Fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlook an insult. An honest witness tells the truth, but a false witness tells lies. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. Deceit is in the hearts of those who plot evil, but those who promote peace have joy. No harm overtakes the righteous, but the wicked have their fill of trouble. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. The prudent keep their knowledge to themselves, but a fool's heart but blurts out folly. Diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in forced labour. All right, as we are looking at Proverbs and work today, and our kids are also colouring in a great little colour in all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. <sighs> Bit black and white, but that's what it feels like in the Proverbs, black and white. Well, we're going to tease out more of that sort of stuff today. In our church family, we've got three congregations, we've got 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock us here, we've got 6pm tonight. There are a lot of different situations, work situations. There is the retiree. Yes, that's the dream, playing chess in the park. Give me some of that. Give me some of that. You've got the full-time worker. That's some of us. Some of us who are in full-time work, work in labour jobs. Very manual intensive. Others of us work in technology jobs and in the technology industry. Now, for some of us, our work is unpaid. 
Or better yet, our, our job, we should call it a vocation. You know, that kind of comes from the word calling. Our calling is for unpaid work, as it were. You're a full-time mother. I know a couple of them. They do a great job. A very intense job. <laughs> or you're on the other end. You're a child. You're a teenager or a child. And your work might be setting the table. Have you done that? Who's done that? Who sets the table? We love that. You do the house chores. You clean the car. And you get a little bit of pocket money to spend on all those lavished, colourful lollies, which I still spend my money on today. The principles of Proverbs apply to just about everything, all those sorts of situations, apply to all different kinds of work. Broadly speaking, Proverbs speaks about two principles. First, the wise person is diligent and not lazy. The wise person is diligent. The wise person is an honest worker, not a dishonest worker. That is what a wise person is. Honest. So first of all, the wise person is diligent and not lazy. Proverbs 12, uh, 13, 4. A sluggard's appetite is never filled, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. I think this proverb says two things. On the surface level, a person who doesn't work literally won't eat. You've got to work to make money to buy your broccoli. While the diligent worker gets their fill of food and is satisfied. On another level though, a lazy person isn't content or satisfied with their work, even the meagre amount that they do. They're lazy and they're discontent with their work. While the diligent worker works more, is actually satisfied in their work. An honest day's work done well, that is a pleasure. And if you've worked those honest days, you know exactly what that's like. It's a pleasure. At the end of the day, there's achievement and there is satisfaction. That's why it matters how you work. Let's look at some more. Sluggards do not plough in season, so at harvest time they look, but they find nothing. God, in his wisdom, has made the world in such a way that natural law means work yields fruit. And thorns and thistles, we know that too. Thorns and thistles, yes. But, generally speaking, work yields fruit. Oppositely, neglect leads to loss. And in a profound way, if the worker does not plough in winter, he won't reap a harvest in spring. But if he doesn't reap a harvest in spring, he doesn't have seed to plant for next winter. And he's in a downward spiral. One season prepares for the next, or the lack of preparing for one season means that every season gets harder. In a sense, you start by doing the chores at home. Then you learn to work for someone, uncle, auntie, something like this. you got a bit of pocket money. And then you work through school. School is work. It's hard work sometimes. You work through uni. Then you work after uni in a job. And you pay your rent. You pay for your own food. 
for the first time. And that's because the season before prepared you to work for the season that came, and then that season prepared you for the next. And eventually, after working, in theory, you retire, you go to the park and you play chess with me later on. But because you ploughed in season, you have a harvest for a later season. But this proverb is not saying, it's saying the opposite, isn't it? Or well, the proverb we looked at earlier. Each season prepares for the next. But maybe you didn't learn to work at home and do the chores. Maybe you didn't learn to work at school. And then you have to get a job. But you weren't taught how to work. And every season just gets harder and harder. When we neglect to plough in season, every season gets harder. It is profitable in many, many ways. It is wisdom. It is the wise path to learn to work. And it starts when you're young. It starts when you're young, doing the chores at home. That is work. And you grow up to learn to value work and your parents set you on the right path of wisdom. God willing. That also means for us, if we're a parent, grandparent, if we're retired or whatever, that we're teaching our children or our grandchildren the ways of wisdom, teaching them to work. And that's hard work in itself. That is hard work. And it requires diligence just to do that. But it is commendable, and you should do that, teaching your children, teaching your grandchildren the ways of work. Let's look at another proverb. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. This is a very insightful proverb in many ways. We've got a lot of ideas about what should be done, don't we? We've got a lot of ideas about what should be done, and we love to talk about what ought to be done. Now, if I were in charge, I would do this and this, and I would do this. I would really change the world. Why aren't I in charge, by the way? I've got a lot of good ideas. And maybe you do, Robbie. And maybe your ideas are great, Robbie. But you know what you should do right now, Robbie? You should just get to work, Robbie. (laughs) But am I preaching to myself only? No, that is us. It is crazy. We see problems, justifiably, problems that are genuine. And we love to talk about them to no end. But that is the problem just talk sometimes and if it is just talk nothing gets done i've got to listen to this proverb and i need to work it is easier to talk than to do what an insightful proverb and a painfully humbling one i think in many ways a couple more proverbs 12 those who work their land will have abundant food but those who chase fantasies have no sense 21 The plans of the diligent lead to profit, as surely as haste leads to poverty. Now, work is not easy, necessarily. If it was easy, well, maybe we would call that a fantasy. Beware. Beware. Chasing after fantasies is kind of like chasing after a get-rich-quick scheme, to put it crudely. Now, what am I thinking of today? I'm not educated in these matters, but I think about you know, the next best thing, something new, something shiny, something great, something that could make me rich. 
I think about Bitcoin. This is just an example. This is just an example. Bitcoin is a legitimate business engagement. All right. But there are some people who use it for their own means. I imagine this guy, if you know anything about this guy, and BitConnect, which might be more for the younger generation who, this is a viral meme online, BitConnect, making millions upon millions, $2.4 billion was made from other people in a, a Ponzi scheme, or whatever that is. Next minute, $2.4 billion is shown to be a complete fraud. This guy disappears off the face of the earth, not literally, because he got busted. And all that $2.4 million, $17 million got put back into the hands of people who were ripped off. People who, at least some of them, were chasing after a fantasy. And this moment where Bitcoin emerges and everyone's talking about it, it's the next best thing. Put your money in it. And this haste leads to poverty. That's the kind of situation I think these proverbs are talking about. Of course, they're talking about another time, but we have to think about our own as well. Now, there are times when we do our due diligence. We work out if it's going to be a good idea to invest here, to start a business there. And we put in a lot of work and we ask people. And then it goes wrong. It goes wrong. It's a world of thorns and thistles, to use the language of Genesis 3, and there are snakes in the grass, people like we just saw. And it's someone else's dishonesty that led to our poverty, sometimes. We're going to look at dishonesty later. But these two proverbs that we've looked at before, they warn us about chasing fantasies, about being hasty in our work for the sake of money, which, if we're honest as well, is enticing. We want that. Less time for more money. Instead, we're called to be diligent, to be, as the old saying goes, slow and steady. Just slow and steady. Which is our first point today from the Proverbs. The wise person is a diligent worker, not a lazy worker. Our second point is that the wise person is an honest worker and not a dishonest worker. But if I can get away with it, don't the ends justify the means? Maybe you've heard this in your workplace. I don't care how you do it, just get the job done. Just get the job done. No matter what it takes, get the job done. Don't care how you do it. Well, the Lord detests dishonest scales, but accurate weights find favour with him. You can't get away with it. You're not accountable just to your boss. You are accountable to God, the God of justice. Let's continue. Better a little with righteousness than much gain with injustice. Character over results. We thought about that for the last three weeks. Character over results. The, for the Christian, the ends do not justify the means. We care deeply about how we do what we do. When I've talked to people about their work decisions, they might ask me, I don't know what job to take. I'm at that stage, I'm trying to think about what job am I going to do. And there's this or there's this. And I look at them 
just like they look at them and agonize over them and say, they're both good. They're, they're both legit. Neither is unwise. Neither is a bad profession. It's not so much what you do, but it's how you do it. How are you going to do whatever you do? The Proverbs are particularly concerned with honesty. That is how you do what you do. Whatever you do. Whatever you do. Food gained by fraud tastes sweet. Just imagine that. $2.4 billion. That's going to taste sweet. But one ends up with a mouthful of gravel. He's in jail. A fortune made by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapour and a deadly snare. Now, do these proverbs seem obvious to you? I hope so. <laughs> if they seem obvious to you, that is because you were taught to value honesty, to really value honesty. Now, what am I saying? I'm saying it is easy to value dishonesty because dishonesty and fraud, they get you what you want quicker. Less work for more money. Is it just me or does that sound genius? Less work, more money. How do I do it? Bring it on. But these proverbs are here for a reason. Because it is so easy to be dishonest, it is too easy to be dishonest. It doesn't start big. It starts tiny. And everything's propped up on other... Every big lie is actually just lots and lots and lots of little lies. It starts down here. And in the moment, of course, it tastes sweet. Yes, give me those ice blocks. But later on, you get a mouthful of gravel. Another proverb, favourite of mine. Dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. Dishonest money disappears little by little. But working slowly, diligently, honestly, you gather it little by little. It's brilliant, and it starts when you're little. When you're a child and you learn to save little by little. It's not so much about how much you saved up. It's about learning the practice and practicing honesty and diligence, which leads that down that path. It's worth mem memorizing. Worth memorizing. Now, sometimes we think proverbs just speak plain old common sense. Yes, plain old common sense. Of course I should be diligent. Lazy people don't get anything done by default. Of course I should be honest. Dishonesty gets people in trouble. But it is not self-evident. It's not self-evident to do these things. I may work in a job with a certain hourly rate. You might be in this position. And you're asked to do lots of things or whatever. But you realise, I don't have to do all these things. I'm, and I'm still going to get paid the same amount of money for less work. That's genius. <laughs> I get paid the same amount of money for less work. What am I doing? Why wouldn't I do that? Why shouldn't I do that? It is not self-evident self to be honest in our work. It's not. If the job gets done, what's it matter how the job gets done? After all, at the end of the day, the boss sees the job's done. When I was working as a little labourer for a couple of weeks, we call that VP, visual progress. Just looks, it just looks better. 
<laughs> That's it. As long as it looks better, we're good. That's a utilitarian view, and it's not an uncommon view. But if you're a Christian, it is an ungodly view. It is not easy to be diligent. It is much easier to be lazy, and you know that. It is not easy to be honest. Far easier to flirt with dishonesty, with your work. Put little lies here and there to get what needs to be done, done quicker. When I was a nurse, and there are maybe some nurses among us, amongst us, this was a common practice, or at least a temptation. It was not uncommon, the beginning of the day, or shift, or whatever it is, that you have to sign out, that we would sign for a whole bunch of drugs at once, right? These are the secure drugs and the prescription drugs. Why would we do that? You need two trained nurses. That's a lot of resource on the floor of the nurse nursing ward. You need two trained nurses for every single patient and their drugs. And then you have to, both of you, take the time to walk backwards and forwards and give it and watch it. And if it doesn't go down right, then you've got to sign for that. If you lose it somewhere, you've got to sign for that. Much easier to sign for it all and be done with. <laughs> Unless, of course, something goes wrong. Which nothing ever goes wrong in a medical ward. Let's be, let's be honest. Nothing ever goes wrong. But if something did go wrong, well, you've got this piece of paper littered with all these signatures that said that you did what you didn't do. Trouble. Now, we were busy. I think that just applies to nurses, really. We were busy. No, we're all busy. It is so easy to say you'd done something when you didn't. And why would I do that? I just want to look good. That's all. I just don't want to look bad. My boss says, did you get the job done? And I say, yeah, of course I got the job done. I just don't want to look bad. So easy to lie in our work. But you should tell the truth. You should tell the truth. When you tell the truth, you're saying things how they are. You're speaking reality. That's all it is. Now, there's lots of exceptions that come to our mind and maybe excuses as well. The glaring one is that it's just hard to tell the truth. Imagine, Rob, why didn't you get your job done? Nurse Rob, I should say nurse, nurse Rob, not this job, other jobs. Nurse Rob, why didn't you get your job done? Sorry, boss. It's because this place is overwhelmed by bureaucratic paperwork, which you're responsible for, and you made me do. <laughs> In fact, I can't do my job because you made me do all this paperwork instead. I would never say that to my boss. <laughs> but we're all thinking it. Oh, we're all thinking it. It is hard to say the truth. And I think the nursing world's changing because some people have taken, have built up the courage and said, you know, we're doing a lot of paperwork and not caring for people, right? We should do something about that. That's a hard conversation to start, but it's a good one. It's not easy to tell the truth, but the truth honours God. He is the God of justice and truth. And if you're a Christian, then you're motivated. Well, you're not motivated, first of all, by what makes you happiest, what gets the job done quickest, what gets you the most money. You're not motivated by those things, I hope. You're motivated by your love of God, your will to honour him in what you do. And it will show in your work. It will show in your work. And others will see it in your workplace. If you're a teacher or whatever you are. Others will see it. 
Some will see it and hate it. Because they're not doing it. Others will see it if you've got the courage. Or if someone else has got the courage and you get behind them. People will see it and be encouraged to do the same. If it is true, right and just. Well, let's wrap up our teaching on Proverbs and work. Like I said earlier, it's not just what we do, but it's how we do it. But there's more for the Christian. There's more for the Christian. For the Christian, it's not just what we do, it's not just how we do it, it's who we do it for. It's who we do it for. We're not just to work diligently and honestly. We are to work diligently and honestly for the Lord. For the Lord. We might feel like we are slaves to our boss. It's just a feeling. That's all right. But we're not in reality. We are slaves to Jesus. That's what you are if you're a Christian. You're not your own. You belong to the Lord Jesus. He bought you. He owns you. Which sounds very uncomfortable. But if that sounds bad, we're reading into it the wrong things. The wrong things. Jesus is the kind of Lord that comes down to save. He's the one that saves us from our laziness, our dishonesty, and the path that that leads down. He's the one that saves us from those things, puts us on the path of wisdom and life, not the path of death. And our lives are better for it, better for being owned by the Lord. Because he's that kind of God. He's a kind God. We're not the ones that pay for it. He pays for it. He pays for all of it. He gives his life for your life. And now your life is his life. Even your work life. Let's finish with Colossians 3. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ that you are serving. Amen.